Like this is the real movement for like change that is happening at the University of Oregon and that is happening in Eugene right now. What's up, what's up? Welcome to Talking Shop, a podcast about labor, unions, and work. I'm your host, Matt McIntosh. I'm a union organizer, historian, and educator. Today, we're going to the beating heart of the next generation of labor organizers in a sleepy Oregon Valley with more than its fair share of labor history. But we're not going to talk to hop growers or loggers. The workers and organizers I chat with today work at the University of Oregon. They're also undergraduates at UO, navigating the grind of work, school, and in the past year or so, organizing what they believe is the first undergraduate union at a public university in the United States. I wanted to talk with these organizers, not only because of the historic nature of their campaign, but also because they're one part of an ongoing union wave in the US and Europe. They've also grown up in some of the most turbulent times in human history, climate change, income inequality, precarious reproductive health care, gender discrimination, COVID-19, unstable democracies, police brutality, I could go on. Amidst all of this, why is a significant portion of Gen Z deciding to return to centuries-old tactics to get what they deserve and build a system we can thrive in? What hope do they see in the labor movement? And how is their historic campaign going? Stay tuned to find out. As always, you can hit me up at talkingshop at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the UO student workers. Let's talk shop. We're here with Elizabeth White and Izzy Marshall from the UO Student Workers Campaign. Thanks so much for talking with me today. Really appreciate your time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just curious to hear a little bit about y'all's background. So Elizabeth, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your um, work within the campaign? Yeah, uh, so hi, I'm Elizabeth. My pronouns are she, they. Um, I'm an education major here on campus. I'll be graduating in the spring, so it's my last year as an undergrad worker. Um, I got, I've worked on campus since 2020. In that time, I've worked across four different departments. So I worked in facilities, housing, dining, and academic services. So kind of all over the place. And I got involved um, because we had been talking about unionizing for a really long time and kind of hoping and dreaming. And then once I saw there was an actual campaign with momentum moving forward, I just jumped in head first. So now I do a lot of work with our media team, and I'm also working with a group of people to start writing our bylaws and our mission statements. Awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. And Izzy, what about yourself? Let's see. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Izzy. I use they, she, he pronouns. I work in the Urban Memorial Union, the EMU, on campus. Um, It's the only job I've had here, and I started getting involved in the union because I saw some tabling happening last term, and I just was really curious, walked right up, asked how I can get involved and learn more. Um, I knew of unions, um, hadn't worked with one before or started to organize one, but Again, I just jumped right head first. May, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, your work with the union, uh, anything else you want to share? Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I'm a freshman. I started working with the union this year. I'm kind of a miscellaneous organizer. I work with um, transportation services, uh, particularly like duck rides. I also work with um, library and uh, IT workers. Um, I kind of just like help out where people need it, that type of stuff. What uh, is a union? Uh, What might a union look like at the University of Oregon? Yeah, okay, so a union 
is a legal body of workers. It's a usually a, a very large body depending on where is unionizing. Um, and when a union is legally certified, they gain the right to bargain a contract with their employer. Um, a lot of people have probably heard of the teachers union. What they do is it's um, a collective group of teachers who use their collective power to bargain for better wages and better working conditions. That's pretty much the gist of it. A lot of unions have that in common. Um, our union here on the University of Oregon is going to be compromised of all undergraduate student workers on campus. Um, right now we're looking specifically at wage workers and working to figure out how to include stipend workers in that. Um, the legal certification process can be done a couple of different ways, but the way that we're doing it is card collection. So we have union cards that asks your name, phone number, email, basic info about you. When you sign a card, that is your vote yes for the union. So we have a period of time in which to collect the correct amount of cards. To win certification, we need 50% of student workers plus one student worker. Um, to gain that legal certification. So our goal is a little bit higher than that, just to have the bubble, but that is, at the end of the day, what we're aiming for. Um, and specifically, what we're looking to do is, again, bargain with administration and management for better working conditions, higher pay, different pay periods, safety in the workplace. Um, there is a huge number of undergraduate student workers here on campus which gives us a lot of collective agency and collective power to make the changes that we want to see. Um, I think a lot of students, we don't have any say in what's happening in our workplace. Um, and what this union will do for us is, is force administration and management to give us a seat at the table because they will be legally required to hear us out and listen to what we have to say. Whereas right now, we can say all that we want, but they're not going to listen. Um, until we have built that collective power. And are you, sh like, I can imagine people saying, oh, but like, I like my boss, or like, I really love University of Oregon, like, go Ducks, it's beautiful here, I feel really privileged to be a student. Uh, what would you say to someone who's maybe hesitant along those kind of lines of like, yeah, it'd be cool if I got paid more, but you know, at the end of the day, it's fine. What, what would you say to someone like that? Yeah, and we've definitely had that response from workers. There are a few workplaces on campus where that is a common consensus within the workplace. Um, and what we really tell them is that this union is beneficial for you, not only as a worker, but also as a student. Um, student workers sit in this really interesting place where we are workers and we are students. Um, so while we're advocating and pushing for worker rights, that also is inherently student rights. Um, because our body is going to be made of students, that is also gonna give us the ability to hopefully push for better campus conditions in general. Um, so we really try to emphasize that even if you are happy with your job, um, better wages never hurts. The workplace can always be better. And if and when issues do arise, if you're a part of this body, you will have the power behind you to help you. Um, things might be good now, but they might not always be that way. And so we are trying to also push that. So Elizabeth, you talked a little bit earlier about um, COVID issues on campus and mm -hmm. safety. Uh, have you had other safety experiences in the workplace at UO? I have, yeah. So this is, this story feels unreal. And sometimes I think about it and just can't believe that it happened. So I was at work one day working in the cafe and we heard this like huge bang and like smoke started running across the floor. 
and nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew where it came from. We weren't sure if it was flammable. Um, we, yeah, we had no idea what was going on and nobody knew what to do. So I like grabbed my coworkers and I was like, we need to leave. Again, not knowing if it was healthy or safe for us to be there. We cleared out the venue. A couple supervisors came, figured out that it was a CO2 canister, which is not great to be breathing in directly. Um, and like five minutes after that happened, like before the haze had cleared, I got told to go back to work and get back making coffee. And you could still see it in the air. There wasn't a building clear. There was no protocol. There was absolutely nothing in place to ensure the safety of both workers and the students who live in the building. Um, nobody knew whether or not to turn off the grills. Like, we just, there was no protocol. Um, and yeah, I got told to go back to work on site, um, which I was fairly unwilling to do, but I need that job and I needed to stay in good standings with my supervisors. Um, and I remember after that, I went up to my supervisor and I said, hey, in that situation, what's the protocol? And she said, well, we don't have a protocol. And I said, okay, well, what if there's like a fire or an active shooter, which is unfortunately a reality in education and higher ed? Like, what's the protocol? Are your staff trained in that? And she said, well, we've never had that situation. So we haven't really thought about it. And I said, okay, like our safety is not even being considered. Um, and that is absolutely unacceptable. Like you deserve to feel safe physically in your workplace. Um, yeah, I think about that all the time. That's a pretty remarkable story. And I'm curious, actually, if you could share a little bit about uh, how that incident impacted your decision to be involved in the union if it did, and, and how you think a union might um, prevent or improve situations like that in the future. Like, like accidents happen at work, mm -hmm. accidents happen in life, but it's important to have safeguards. Is that something that you think the union can potentially help provide? I absolutely do. I think that, unfortunately, that's not an isolated experience. A lot of students have faced safety issues in the workplace, and I do think that's absolutely something we can push and bargain for, is having set protocol being trained in what to do, even just having conversations about it, we can demand those things. Because as you said, accidents happen, that is inevitable. But there can be protocol and safeguards built into that. Um, and we as a union can absolutely push and bargain for that when it comes time. Elizabeth, I'm curious if y'all have experienced pushback in your campaign to form a union. Yeah, we absolutely have. So. We refer to this as union busting. Union busting is any sort of pushback or tactic that is being used to try and stall or silence the campaign. So some of the biggest things we have seen right now are those efforts to just silence and stifle our conversations, like um, taking posters down, telling workers that they're not allowed to talk about the union in the workplace. Um, yeah, again, pushing these conversations down, trying to stifle them out. That's the reason we haven't unionized yet, I believe, like in the past, is because no one was openly talking about these issues. Harassment and discrimination get swept under the rug by supervisors. That creates this stigma that like nobody's willing to talk about it. That's one of our biggest things moving forward is bringing these conversations to the light, because even that gives us tremendous power to realize that in solidarity, all of us are going through this and that it isn't okay. And something that is just like really significant to me about this union is because we are a wall-to-wall -wall union representing all undergraduate student workers, 
that's a huge number of groups across campus. Like we have LGBTQ and trans workers, we have black workers, like we have so many people who are being disproportionately affected by this. So like I personally have never experienced direct discrimination towards myself, but I have friends who have been pushed out of the workplace due to constant misgendering and harassment or like being having supervisors be directly racist towards them. That is inexcusable. Like absolutely not okay. It's inhumane. No student should be going through that in the workplace. Um, and I think that speaks to like the larger social aspect of this movement as well, is we're pushing forward these ideas that like, it's not okay for any of us to be treated like that. And we need to be elevating the voices of everyone to ensure that that isn't happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to bring attention to international students specifically. In the last few years that we've had a lower enrollment of international students, which means um, in the past, dining halls have been mostly... Um, staffed with international students. And with this low enrollment, we now have this understaffed issue. We have, um, you know, just a whole different like pool of workers in there. And the part of the reason why international workers made up that bigger body is because international worker, international students have no other option for um, getting a job while they're being enrolled here other than working on campus. Some campus jobs do work, try to work around your school schedule. Um, and it often is just the best option for an international student. And because of that, they're being forced into these jobs that are being, like they're underpaid, overworked, like these conditions we've already talked about. And just knowing that like international students, that feels like the only option. I had the privilege to be able to leave and go get a different job um, because I live permanently in Eugene. Some people don't have that option. Um, and so being forced to stay is another way that this system is like self-perpetuating um, because it's keeping people trapped in it. And as we're not unionized, nobody has a say in that. The fact of the matter pretty much is that international students on a group by group basis have like the highest percentage of being student workers as a demographic. So whatever the um, conditions are that have created that fact, we um, now like have this situation where we have a lot of international student workers who are facing like consistent and constant mistreatment at the workplace and that's a union issue that's like an issue that is needs to be resolved and that the only way to resolve is by having workers get together and fight so one of the things that i think about when i think about the university of oregon is that it's this massive multi-tiered multi-building thousands of students and employees. Uh, what has it been like to organize on a campus that is so large and, and what kind of goals specifically do you have around that? Yeah, um, the largeness of campus, the largeness of the University of Oregon is definitely something that like sets apart our union from a lot of other um, undergraduate like student worker unions across the camp uh, across the nation. Um, this type of organizing has been more um, centralized at like smaller private um, universities where like that class is smaller. Here at the University of Oregon we are dealing with a massive bargaining unit of several thousand workers um, with a lot of different like constituent workplaces within that bargaining unit. So we have dining workers who are going to have some fundamentally different issues and interests than um, RAs who are going to have some fundamentally different interests and issues than um, 
office workers who are going to have, like, some different issues than um, housing workers, you know? So it's about trying to build solidarity between these different groups of these different massive groups of workers who have different issues but are all fundamentally being mistreated along like this same line of kind of, I don't know, exploitation, you know? Like nobody's getting paid enough, whether you're an RA, whether you're dining, whether you're housing. Um, nobody is getting a say with management, no matter what like sector you're working in. So a big part of our work has been trying to stick together um, these different like constituent worker groups, make them see that like we aren't separate. It's all part of the same fight, even if we have some different workplace issues, you know. So we've talked a lot about uh, day in day out working conditions, things like wages, how that will improve access to food security. Um, what about beyond the strict definition of your, your shift hours? How might the union impact life on campus and in Eugene more generally um, if and when the union uh, comes into existence? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the immediate like and the current focus of the union at the moment is about uplifting like workers. It's about uplifting student workers and creating like better economic conditions for student workers. But we also have greater ambitions. We want, we have an eye on um, tuition costs, we have an eye on police presence on campus. Um, we believe that like when students get together, when workers get together, we can exert an influence that can create a positive change and can be a very powerful democratic force on campus that did not exist before the union was here. I'm curious, and I'm going to open this up to all three of you. Um, when you say a democratic force, mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Does anybody want to jump in? We're trying to, I'll do, I'll do one more spiel and then yeah. you guys can jump in. Yeah. We're trying to build like a real rank and file wall to wall union here. We're trying to build like a union that has the ability to not just like advocate for our interests, but like take on um, the people on top, you know, like take on the people who are spending a quarter of a million dollar on a concert, you know, when they could be spending that on um, things that actually improve the lives of students, when they could be spending that on, like, an elevator in my dorm hall, <laughs> you know? I have to walk up four flights of stairs. Uh, I don't know. We believe that through the union, we can create, like, a organization that students can interact with and that students can use to amplify our power to take on like the issues on campus and in the community at wide. Awesome. What is what about democracy for y'all? Yeah, kind of going off of that, I think something we talk a lot about is student voices and the union's voice to advocate for, as May was saying, these larger issues. Having a democratic structure even internally within our union in which we are ensuring that all student members have a voice, have a vote. We're currently in the process of deciding what that is going to look like, but we are adamant about making sure that every student who needs to have their voice heard and elevated has the opportunity to do that. And through using our collective voice and our internal structure will then allow us to use our larger voice and elevate the students' of voices, students voices who need to be heard to, again, really fight and push back against administration. 
Um, and that is the beauty of a democratic process, um, is when it's done well, it does give so many people the ability to be heard. The union is like a magnifying glass for students' issues. It like gives us power because when we are one, when we are divided, we are so, so weak. If you've ever tried to go and talk to your manager and ask for a raise, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But when we get together with a massive bargaining unit, we have so much power and we can use that in not just like the straightforward ways that you think of when you think of a union. We can use that to create real change because with that union is real power. And so keeping it open to everybody again, why unions right now? We've seen, we're living in an era of a number of uh, high profile global social movements, um, whether we're talking about more financial and economic based ones such as Occupy mm -hmm. or issues around um, the uprising of 2020 in regards to Black Lives Matter. Um, why do unions fit into that? Is it right to think about unions in the same context of those kinds of social movements? How are they different? How are they similar? Does anybody want to comment on that? I mean, the reality is that the inequalities faced by social groups, it, a big part of it is our economic rights. A huge part of it is economic disadvantages and huge inequalities that are felt within this country, within this university. And that is something that this union would give us the power to uplift, um, think about issues of equity and, you know, how our, our money plays into that. And it's a huge factor. I think um, between Occupy and between the 2020 uprisings, what we saw was a massive amount of energy, a massive amount of people coming out into the streets and a like recognition of the fundamental issues within our society. It's just we didn't have the organization, we didn't have the vehicle to bring about the change that comes from those conclusions, you know? Like we recognize that the system we are living under is unsustainable. What now? The answer to that, I think, is unions. The answer to that is getting together and using our collective power to realize the contradictions within our system and then to solve them. Absolutely. Going off of both of those, like, I think that is perfectly said. That is why unionization is happening now. We, we're coming off the tail end of all of that energy that May was talking about. And I think this is a multi-generational movement, but I think our generation in specific has something very unique and just the conditions that we've grown up in, seeing the housing crisis, being born, a lot of us like post 9-11 and into that world that was shaped by that, going through the 2016 election, having all of these inequities just so boldly high, like highlighted. And I think a lot of us are really tired um, and can't see it happen anymore. And so that combination of these big uprising and movements giving us that energy um, and knowing that it can't be like this definitely is getting fueled into, again, I, the union is the answer to that at this point in time. I think a lot of people refuse to live in a system that does not accommodate their existence and refuse to live in a system where a couple of dollars get thrown off the top of a tower and all the workers go around scurrying and fighting for it. Um, and we simply will no longer live in that world. Uh, so the only option the only conclusion that arises from that is that we need to make a new one. Absolutely. I think that's a great place to leave it. May, Izzy, 
Elizabeth, thank you so much. Really of appreciate course. your time. <laughs> Stand up, fight back. Union time. Union time. Union time. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elizabeth, May, and Izzy. In the weeks since we recorded together, the UO student workers' power has only grown, and people are taking notice. A recent profile of their organizing campaign in the nation has attracted national attention. UO bosses and management are also taking notice, it seems. One day after the article was published, Will Garahan, a prominent organizer of the campaign, was fired from his campus job. The student workers have filed an unfair labor practice complaint against the university. They also held a rally outside of his workplace to demand that Garahan be reinstated with back pay. As of March 19th, they're still waiting on the results of the complaint. Meanwhile, on campus, my union, the Graduate Teaching Fellows Federation, has begun our bargaining cycle for our next contract. The student workers have been there for us in solidarity, including joining us in the room at our opening bargaining meeting on March 17th, along with union siblings from the UO Faculty Union, CGE at Oregon State, SEIU, Starbucks Workers United, the Eugene Education Association, and more. Between the UOSW campaign and the GTFF's bargaining campaign, and bolstered by solidarity from the community, the coming months in Eugene have remarkable potential for workers. The challenges of this era are immense, but labor organizing is rising to meet the needs of working people. You can get in touch with the University of Oregon student workers on Instagram, at UOStudentWorkers. If you're in Eugene, there are numerous opportunities to support them and their labor siblings. Talk and Shop is recorded and edited by me, Matt McIntosh. Thanks again to the UO student workers, and especially Elizabeth White, for their time. Our theme music is by my band, Pledge Drive. When's the last time you asked your coworkers about their working conditions? Thanks for listening. <laughs>